everybody. I'm here on Monday mornings, and thankfully only Monday mornings, <laughs> with a one-hour talk show uh, that doesn't last a whole hour. I don't know about you, but I decided even before Kansas City and the Bengals game began last night that I would record the playoff. And boy, am I sure glad I did, because I was able to watch the game on my digital video recorder, once I got up at 2.45 this morning. Now, um, I understand that this game did not end until 1 o'clock this morning. <laughs> so many of you who forgot about videotape recorders may have stayed up until the last seconds of the game. Which, by the way, was tied 20-20 until Kansas City kicked another field goal to break the tie and move on to the Super Bowl. By the way, did you happen to hear the boos? During the Eagles game in Philadelphia, when Jill Biden was shown sitting next to NFL Commissioner Goodell on the Jumbotron. Yeah, the crowd started chanting, let's go, Brandon. But the sports announcers, of course, ignored the fans' spontaneous response to the first lady's presence. By the way, the Eagles won decisively. So uh, it's the Eagles and KC, the way I understand it. But, hey, I'm no sports announcer, so I leave it up to Joey Gallant, who will tell you all about the game, 9.30 this morning here on WNRI. Could be as exciting as the game itself was. But I do have to comment on the five members of the elite so-called Scorpion Police Unit, all black cops in Memphis, Tennessee that ended up killing another black guy that they had pulled over for a traffic stop. And they killed this guy with their fists by kicking him, by beating him with their batons. I normally try to overlook these stories, but I sure was happy to hear that these particular cops have all been charged with murder. And the so-called Scorpion police squads have been disbanded. You know, I had planned to visit Memphis, and frankly, I gave up my $99 deposit that I had for hotel accommodations. This police action did it for me, so I decided I can live without going to Memphis. Such a beating can take place from their local police, I thought was ridiculous. I was pleased to watch Mark Levin interview on Fox Television, the new Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, and how well he presented himself telling about the mess that he was left to deal with by Nancy Pelosi. She sure hogtied McCarthy, as I told you she did. And the Republicans, by using her power as lame duck speaker to craft a money package that cannot be undone until the next federal fiscal year. Which, by the way, in case you didn't know, begins in October. But McCarthy made it clear uh, to Mark Levin and his audience that he does have a small amount of power with the current House being in a position to limit the debt ceiling. And that's the only remaining bargaining chip that Pelosi could not prevent the new speaker from having. I wish I had more time to explain all of this to you, wonderful listeners. But listen, to summarize, because the ridiculous 4,000-page budget bill passed by slick Nancy Pelosi's lame duck house, then was passed by Chuck Schumer's Senate, intact, and signed into law by Joe Biden before McCarthy took office, there's really not much left for the new Congress to do but to threaten to shut the government down. In order to get some of those money-wasting earmarks removed from the budget. And frankly, I hope they stick to their guns. I bet we will hardly notice it if some government closes down. And frankly, I could care less. Let, let it happen. Even more troubling are the Republicans in the Senate who actually voted for this shameful bill, all 18 of them. I found this excellent comment. As I was reading Donald Trump's speech to the Republican convention in New Hampshire Saturday, and I hope it rings out with you as it did with me. And I quote as follows. Think of it. Donald Trump 
face the most hostility and subterfuge from within his administration, from the government deep state, firmly embedded in the administration that he inherited, the mainstream media, and from big tech, and from the mainstream media of any president in history, and yet somehow achieved the most in four years that any president in modern history has. Given the adversaries this man faced, and yet in spite of that, achieved so much is truly remarkable. And I'd say a hundred people have spoken essentially these same words to me. Yet, as I continue to quote, he is hated and derided with passion. Why? Because of his bombastic, acerbic personality and his so-called mean tweets. Seriously? The morons who hate him would prefer an empty suit like Barack Obama or a corrupt, useful idiot like Joe Biden. The last two elections were undoubtedly stolen. The globalists, the deep state, and the Chinese Communist Party could not allow an orange man to have another four years to right the ship. The incompetent GOP should have seen this coming. I know I did, and I warned you about it. God help this country. We need divine intervention to give our country back, or this experiment in freedom will be lost forever. Signed, Sundance Shapiro. It was written at 3.05 this morning, and I read it on Citizen Free Press. Well, there is an interesting controversy brewing right here in Providence, Rhode Island, the sanctuary city, where a woke Providence High School vice president, uh, principal, <laughs> her name is Stephanie Harvey. Turns out she sent an email to school staff seeking money to pay a coyote for transporting a student who entered the country illegally. Harvey claimed she was trying to help the student, unnamed, to pay off the coyote fee. But here's a little problem with this fundraiser. It seems transporting illegal aliens is a federal crime. Certainly helping to pay for it as well. Notably, Mount Pleasant High School Assistant Principal Harvey used her official title and email for the solicitation. Harvey explained in her uh, note to fellow employees that the coyote charged $5,000 and was demanding $2,000 by a deadline of February 1st. This story made national news this morning on the Fox Network. Harvey on Twitter brags, quote, she is a black educator, queer, an activist, poetry, Roxbury bread, and pledges to save our streets and dismantle school-to-prison pipeline, saying, I hear you on her post. I hope she heard me. Citizenfreepress.com. Well, so we're off and running here on the Upfront program. Yours truly, Dick Bouchard. All of that was written this morning. Now, let's go to the other five pages that I have ready for you this morning. Last week, I looked at and reported to you the top TV shows with over 5 million viewers for Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, as listed on showbuzz.com. Guess what? Nielsen has finally come out with a rating, so I'm going to be giving it to you in a moment. But looking at Thursday nights, not a single program over the air had 5 million or more viewers. So we looked at Friday night, and I found TV uh, programs of three that meet my standard. They were all on CBS, and the names of the shows were SWAT, Fire Country, and Blue Bloods. All had more than 5 million viewers. Now, after I wrote this uh, some time ago, actually, I don't know, maybe in the middle of the week, I discovered that Nielsen had put out their top ten list. So guess what? I went to work and uh, looked at the top 10 TV shows 
um, on the air. Now, all I got to do is be able to find them. <laughs> the list may well be in my car. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. So I'll get to that in a little bit. In the meantime, somebody has called and uh, wants to talk with us. So let's do this. Hi, good morning. You're on WNRI. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hello. 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 Yeah, all right. I, I've got you. Go ahead. Okay. Well, first of all, Gene Valentini was talking about this situation where they're paying off the coyote. Yeah. He was, and he was making fun of the fact that what are they going to do, come to Providence and, and get this kid? And I guess he doesn't realize that the real danger, which his family could really be in danger, the family members left back in the old country are the people the, the, the um, coyotes are going to harm. Mm. First of all. And um, I guess that got past Gene Valentini. I tried to call them, but they don't take me down there. Yeah. Now. <laughs> Go ahead. They don't, they don't me. Now, secondly, okay, if we really had compassion, we'd declare all these coyotes terrorists, which is what they are, and we would tell the Mexican government we don't care about the border anymore, just like you don't. And we'd go down into Mexico, and we'd wipe every last one of them out. That can be done and should be done. And I hope if any of my congressmen or representatives are listening, they hear me and they vote to do such a thing. I'm glad you called. Thanks for calling, and thanks for listening, Bob from Pawtucket. You have a good day. Bye-bye. All right. So there's Bob from Pawtucket uh, checking in. He says uh, they won't take his calls on, uh, on WPRO. But uh, here at WNRI, we take anybody's calls, provided they uh, are in relatively good taste. Hey, I mentioned last week that the RNC was meeting in California to elect who would be the RNC chair for the new term. It turns out that uh, uh, Ronnie... Uh, McDaniel uh, won the election. I have the outcome now. She got 111 votes. Uh, a distant second was uh, Hamid uh, Dillon, uh, endorsed by Trump, as was McDaniel, by the way, with 51 votes. And I was quite surprised to see that Mike Lindell only got four votes. Now, Trump had endorsed both McDaniel and Dillon the day before the election. Here's a comment of interest. Harmeet said that she was a member of the RNC for the last six years, and yet she did absolutely nothing to clean it up. Harmeet abandoned Carl Carrie Lake in Arizona. And uh, Mike Lindell, by the way, is paying for her legal fight. And Harmeet, number three, was part of the leadership group that drove the California GOP into the ground. So it's entirely possible uh, Harmeet uh, could have been even worse than McDaniels, who did get elected. By the way, the first Trump, uh, uh, I don't want to call it a rally because it wasn't. Um, let's call it event of 2023 was held in Columbia, South Carolina this weekend. And then, of course, uh, I said earlier that Trump made another stop in New Hampshire to address a GOP function. Both of these events this past weekend. So um, the mainstream media had a story last week saying there was little or no interest in Trump campaigns anymore. That was on news.yahoo.com. But the Liberty Daily reported that Trump began his campaign with two small events, the one in New Hampshire and the other one in South Carolina. So I just wanted you to know that these weren't rallies. We'll tell you about the first rally when he decides to hold one. Say, do you collect rainwater as we do in two rainwater collection containers at our house? Did you know that Rhode Island is one of 17 states that has a law on the books concerning collecting rainwater? while Massachusetts and the rest of the states have no such laws at all. According to the U.S. Department of Energy, rainwater collection is regulated by the individual states, much like abortion, by the way, not by the federal government. So some states have restrictions on how water is collected and what it can be used for, and then others include... in. Uh, encourage individuals like Dick Bouchard to collect it and even offer incentives like tax rebates. <laughs> Whoa, I didn't know about that. These are the states that have laws on water collection 
Uh, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Georgia, Illinois, Kansas, Nevada, North Carolina, North Dakota, Ohio, Oregon, Rhode Island, Texas, Utah, Virginia, Washington, and Wisconsin. LibertyDaily.com is where I got the story. Also from station KENS Channel 5. Now, according to OffGridGrandpa.com, collecting rainwater in Rhode Island is legal. There are no restrictions or regulations. But Rhode Island, I bet you didn't know this, is one of the few states that have a statewide incentive for harvesting rainwater which is a tax credit for the rainwater harvesting system of about 10% of what it costs you. Rhode Island law rewards residents for rainwater collection with a 10% tax credit for the cost of their rainwater collection system. Homeowners can get a credit of up to $1,000 for putting in a cistern or replacing a cistern with a larger one if they're not already receiving a tax credit. In addition to this, there are a couple of local community incentives as well for harvesting water in Rhode Island. I don't know which communities they are. Okay? Well, again, I try very hard on this program to give you information that you may not have known before. So what's in your appetite? At Grumpy's in South Bellingham, their menu is so expansive, we can satisfy any taste. You may want to try a Grumpy Signature Burger. There are 12 to choose from. And if you like seafood, try our broiled seafood sampler of haddock, scallop, shrimp, lobster, and a stuffed quahog to go along. And you might want to check out our Taste of Italy, too, from eggplant, parmesan, spaghetti and meatballs, and many other Italian choices. And you may want to try a Grumpy sirloin steak, filet mignon, or a Bourbon Street steak tip dinner, all char-broiled to your taste perfection. And we have a nightly menu special and also weekend specials. Kitchen open Friday and Saturday till midnight. Restaurant open seven days a week. It's time to make it a Grumpy's experience today. Listening to the Upfront program, yours truly, Dick Bouchard, thanking you very much for being with us. WNRI welcomes a new sponsor, Titan Machine Tool, your one-stop machine shop located at 70 New River Road in Manville. With over 30 years' experience in the industry, no job is too big or too small. Titan Machine Tools works with various industries, including industrial manufacturing, construction, medical, and marine. If you or your business needs a single machined pot or jigs or fixtures and tooling, sub-assemblies, and other machinist services, including industrial equipment repairs, they can help. Call Bob Hockey today at 401-636-0157 or visit them online at titanmachinetool.com. The name of the business, All Tech Painting. We've been serving the Massachusetts and Rhode Island community with top-notch painting services. We want to be your one-stop shop for interior and exterior painting, plastering, drywall repair, power washing, wood staining, and so much more. And we do all this with the promise of 100% satisfaction using quality materials and the finest product you can be proud of. That's the kind of company we are. Have any questions or want a quote? Call 401-378-7765. All Tech Painting of North Attleboro. Ready to serve you at 401-378-7765. Skilled craftsmen, ready to work for you. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. And the panel on Monday mornings, yours truly, Dick Bouchard. I told you that we finally have the latest Nielsen ratings for you. Came out, um, uh, let's see, for the week of January 16th to January 22nd. Over the year, number one, Fox Football, Dallas at San Francisco with 45 million plus viewers. Number two, the Saturday game between the Giants and Philadelphia reached 28.6 million screens. Number three, Fox Saturday kickoff broadcast of the Giants at Philadelphia game, 24.4 million people tuned in. Number four, Fox football playoff report of the previous game, 23.8 million. Number five, ABC's telecast of Dallas at Tampa, another football game, 17.7 million viewers. Number six, the pregame for that show, 
drew 11.5 screens. Number seven, ABC, a new program called Accused. I've watched both of the first two programs. Excellent, excellent television. 8.7 million viewers beats anything on the air, including 60 Minutes. Number eight, NBC's Night Court. 7.5 million people watch that one. Number nine, Chicago Fire, 7.1 million. Number 10, Chicago Med, 6.4 million. Now let's go to cable quickly. For the week ending January 22nd, again, it's football all over again on ESPN. Number one with 11.65 million viewers. Number two, ESPN's Monday Night Wildcard Game, 7.8 million viewers. Number three, ESPN Monday Night's Post Game had 3.7 million viewers. Number four, The Five on Fox, 3.5 million. Number six, The Fox is The Five again with 3.2 million. And number seven, The Five again. And now we move to Tucker Carlson with 3.276 million. Number eight, The Five. 3.2 million. Number nine, Tucker again with 3.1 million. And number 10, Tucker Carlson, 3.1 million. Uh, very hard to get these uh, uh, TV shows and who's watching them. And I try to make it a point to do that for you. I came across this disturbing story Saturday morning. It seems on Wednesday evening, Project Veritas released a new bombshell video in which Pfizer's Director of Research and Development, a Yale graduate, revealed in the recording that the biochemical and pharmaceutical company is considering mutating the corona COVID-19 virus. Why? In order to generate new vaccine revenue opportunities. In the undercover video, Project Veritas journalist asked the Pfizer employee, his name is Jordan Tristan Walker, how they are handling, quote, the, effective, the ineffectiveness of the vaccines against the variants of COVID-19. He said on tape that Pfizer doesn't want to advertise that they're figuring out future mutations. He goes on to say... COVID will probably be a cash cow for us for a while going forward. He then comments, quote, in the pharma industry, all the government officials who, you know, review our drugs, eventually come to work for pharma companies. I suspect you may want to see and hear the shocking recording for yourself. And if you want to, just go to 100percentfedup.com as I did. Football quarterback Aaron Rodgers has decided to speak up about political views and his choice not to get COVID-19 vaccine in another video that we found on the same website. Rodgers received a significant amount of backlash after it was revealed that he did not receive COVID-19 vaccine, saying instead he opted to use the alternative treatment, ivermectin. The news led to Rodgers going from a universally beloved quarterback in the NFL to being villainized by liberal watchers and some sports pundits. The Green Bay Packers quarterback said his stance on COVID vaccine has put a target on his back. Aaron Rodgers made headlines last year when it became known he was unvaccinated against COVID-19. I want to comment to you, my listeners, that I've mentioned at least over a dozen times now in this program that uh, yours truly, Dick Bouchard, and my wife, Nancy, have both refused to take any COVID or flu shots, for that matter. Neither of us have been tested positive for COVID, and we've both taken tests. I have never advocated that you follow what we do. What I suggested over and over again, because each and every one of us just a little bit different from the next person, is that you do whatever you want to do or whatever your doctor insists you do. And then you decide whether or not you want to follow that insistence. As a matter of fact, I refuse all shots that are constantly being offered on my twice a year doctor visits. Frankly, I've noticed recently, though, 
There's no longer a prolonged effort, as in the past, to change my position on No Shots for Richard. Uh, You've heard on this program firsthand how some people were actually brave enough to come on the air and tell us about their experiences with COVID shots. I can't begin to tell you how many off the air have told me about their problems with getting the shots. And I also want to comment about a nice phone call that I received after last Monday's upfront program from a kind male listener who gave me his name. After Jeff handed the phone off to me saying, hey, if you want to talk to Richard, he's still here in the building. I'm embarrassed to tell you exactly what he said, but his flattering comments about the quality of my once a week radio program and the information I gather and give out was really appreciated. I only wish you would have said it on the air, though. (laughs) Such calls, and I usually get them after the program ends, keep me digging for news that information you may or may not have heard about. Uh, I've been in this business since 1955, in case you're wondering. It usually takes me about 10 hours a week of searching the Internet and rewriting stories of interest for use here on the radio. I say experience is the best teacher. And because some of the reports I share with you are so concerning to some, I want you to know that I have paper and hard drive copies of every single show prep from every program I have broadcast since I began doing this show all by myself. Every now and then I use the magic of my home computers to repeat something I had said years ago. And just in case you're a regular listener, I'm going to give you another blast from the past. For example, if you were tuned in November the 18th, 2019, you may remember me telling you that we purchased room darkening window shades. Why? Well, because here's what I told you right here on the same radio program on November the 18th, 2019. It's one of those did-you-knows. Did you know you will be much better off by sleeping in a dark room? Even moonlight is an issue. They found that levels of light pollution were matched by higher rates of atheosclerosis. That's the furring up of the arteries. In 1,000 adult men and women who were monitored over a three-year study, the theory is that light filtering in through the eyelids, even though they're closed, reduces the production of the body's nighttime hormone, melatonin, which reduces blood pressure and tackles inflammation. So do what you can to darken your bedroom. It was a Japanese study that I discovered on uh, DailyMail.com. Now, for your information... Um, I've been taking three milligrams of melatonin nightly ever since my now-deceased buddy, Doug Sean, recommended it to me more than 10 years ago. That's long before I shared the previous report with you. Last month, Dr. Phyllis Z, an MD who's chief of sleep medicine at a Chicago university, said, Light exposure in your bedroom hurts your heart rate and is associated with impaired glucose function the following day. Now, if you feel you need a safety light for those bedroom trips to the bathroom, (laughs) make sure the light aims at the floor and choose it to be either amber or red. All right. Okay. I hope something I've said here has turned you on. Your morning on WNRI. Good morning. Yeah, good morning, Dick. Uh, that, that, that I know about the uh, Operation Veritas? Yes. And that the CEO from Pfizer? Yes. Well, he wasn't the CEO, but he was okay. a, he is a, somebody who worked for Pfizer. Go ahead. Okay, anyway. Uh, the, fa- the fact is, it just shows you how corrupt our government is, <laughs> and how, how they're working hand-in-hand for each other to enhance their pockets, because, you know, what do you think all this money that goes to these pharmaceuticals come from anyway? Yeah, indeed, Bob. Yeah. So, oh, we have to have this now. It's immediate. We got to develop this, you know, like yesterday. Yep. And the fact is, is Dick, is that you know we've been bamboozled, and you know enough is enough. People like 
All right. Listen, Bob, you're difficult to listen to. I don't know why, because you might be in the car or something. But uh, thank you very much for your call. I appreciate it. Hey, um, when I was telling you that I was on the air um, in uh, 2019, on that same program, if you were tuned in, I wonder if you remember this, did you know? Yes, football can be a bruising sport, but according to researchers at the University of North Carolina, girls' soccer had the second highest concussion rate right behind football. Have you ever seen a soccer player wearing a helmet? I was just curious. Helmets? The answer is no. Remember, I report this report that I just told you about in 2019. (laughs) All right, let's get back to 2023. Dateline, Miami, Florida. Did you know that federal authorities in Florida have charged 25 people with participating in a $100 million wire fraud scheme that created an illegal shortcut for aspiring nurses to get licensed and find employment? Recently unsealed, federal grand jury indictments alleged that the defendants took part in a scam that sold more than 706, make that 7,600 fraudulent nursing degree diplomas from three Florida-based nursing schools. Federal officials revealed this last week. Did you read about it? Oh, you didn't. Okay. Prosecutors said the scheme also involved transcripts from the nursing schools for people seeking licenses and jobs as registered nurses and licensed public uh, practical and vocational nurses. The 25 defendants each face up to 20 years in prison. Not only is this a public safety concern, what it does is it also tarnishes the reputation of nurses who actually completed the demanding a clinical and coursework required to obtain their professional nursing licenses and employment. The fake diplomas and transcripts qualified those who purchased them to sit for what's called the National Nursing Board exam. If they passed, they were able to obtain licenses and jobs in various states. The schools involved were Siena College, Palm Beach School of Nursing, and Sacred Heart International Institute. All three are now closed. Some of those who purchased degrees were from South Florida's Haitian American community, including some with legitimate LPM licenses who simply wanted to become registered nurses. My source for the story was the very famous Miami Herald. You are listening to the Upfront Program. My name is Dick Bouchard. I hope that you're enjoying the program. I certainly enjoy having you with us, and I'm here uh, every uh, Monday morning when I can be here uh, to give you the information that you may not have heard before. Fair enough? Let's take a break. It's winter at K's, 1013 Cass Avenue, where you can dine inside or outside, weather permitting. Yes, for those who enjoy the great outdoors, discover our inflatable snow globes for outdoor dining during the winter season. Or cozy up inside our dining room or bar. It's always a pleasant dining experience at K's Restaurant. And thank you for voting us number one in the Winsocket Call Reader's Choice Survey. We could not have done it without your continued support and, of course, our dedicated staff. So for lunch or dinner specials or award-winning steak sandwiches or seasonal cocktails and sangria, come on over to K's. Check our Facebook page for daily and weekend specials. K's 1013 Cass Avenue. Takeout. Inside dining. Outside winter dining too, weather permitting. For reservation 762-9675. See you at K's of Woonsocket tradition since 1968. And remember, gift cards are always available. What do you think about all of that rain that we had. Are you covered if water or sewer backs up into your home from any sewer, pipe, or drain? Most people learn too late that such damage is not covered by traditional homeowner policies. But the Benjamin Allstate Agency now offers coverage to protect you from such damage. And with the heavy rains of late, this may concern you. Water backup 
coverage also protects you from damage from failed sump pumps. This is especially important if you have a finished basement. Policies for $5,000, $10,000, or $25,000 coverage with as little as $500 deductible are available. Call 401-765-5000 or stop in at either the agency across from CVS at Park Square or their other office at 72 South Main Street in South Bellingham to learn more. That's the Benjamin Allstate Insurance Agency. If you need a plumber, I hope you'll consider Ray Dion, Dion's Plumbing Systems. From Cumberland, serving the greater Woonsocket area, we do residential and commercial work. We work on kitchens and bathrooms, heating systems, drain cleaning. We're licensed, we're insured. Over 30 years experience from Ray Dion, you can expect clean, neat, dependable, and courteous work. So when the pipes burst, think of Dion's Plumbing first. The number to call is 334-6060, Dion's Plumbing Systems. We do bathrooms, kitchens, heat and hot water systems, and all kinds of special work as it relates to plumbing. Dion's Plumbing Systems. Think of us. We'll do it right for you. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. And getting back to the panel of your singular host, yours truly, DB, let's go to the phones and see who's next. Hi, you're next on WNRI. I have a, did you know, okay. that the state of Rhode Island did not honor letters during this covert of complaints on administrators in, in medical institutions violating HEPA, etc. And um, they did not honor it, violation of HEPA, because in a medical emergency... They don't have to follow rules. <laughs> of course. And did you know, finally, oh, I shouldn't say smuck online, but I'm going to say it, uh, uh, lost his job and made the mistake of going for an interview at a place where three people who, who were forced, and I say unbelievably, the things they did, had to go by her. And do you know he didn't get the job? Imagine that. <laughs> oh, listen, <laughs> you know, those who speak last speak best. There you go. Thank you very much for the call. Appreciate you listening, too. All right, let's move on as the Upfront program continues. I've got so much to do. I was surprised to see golf take place of local news on Channel 12 last Friday night. Did you happen to notice it? There's a lot going on behind the scenes here, and I learned it on Saturday morning. It seems that the LIVPGA Tour, the golf tour, only available on YouTube channel in the U.S. before the deal was struck January 19th, with the next star-owned CW, which, by the way, owns Channel 12 and Cable Channel 11 and News Nation, to uh, make a deal to air 14 LIV golf tournaments annually. So guess what? The 6 o'clock news Friday night was moved to CW Channel 11 on my service, and golf replaced the 6 o'clock news instead. I was shocked. On Friday night, the information behind all of this was buried as I researched it in a story by The Hollywood Reporter that Saudi Arabia and its sovereign wealth fund have quietly, and in some cases not so quietly, built a multi-billion dollar foothold in Hollywood and is now moving into American television. Four years after much of the industry had cut ties with the country in response to the murder of a Washington Post columnist. This time around, Saudi Arabia's public investment fund, we call it a PIF, overseen by the crown prince of Saudi Arabia and other Saudi-affiliated firms, appears to be betting that live entertainment, rich financial investments, and U.S. sports can be the gateway to the American market. But LIV is just a small piece of the puzzle being constructed by the Saudis. The PIF has been cited as a potential buyer for the WWE. That's the 
Wrestling, by the way, which is exploring its strategic options. For your information, the WWE already hosts a major event in Saudi Arabia each year, and it's called the Crown Jewel. In case you're wondering, as I was, why golf was displaced on the 6 p.m. Friday night Channel 12 News, that's the rest of the story. I did the research for you. Also use the Citizen Free Press for information. Here's a footnote. The Saudi PIF has used the public markets by buying stock to quietly amass significant stakes in wide range of companies with Hollywood connections. In addition, they have stakes in tech giants like Alphabet, Amazon, Meta Platforms Incorporated, and Microsoft. And the fund owns nearly $1 billion stake in Live Nation Entertainment. Who's that? That's the world's largest live entertainment company who also owns Ticketmaster and is a major promoter of music concert. PIF owns about 5.5% of the company, making it one of the largest shareholders right behind Liberty Media. Did you know the Biden administration may recall uh, they had approved more than 16 million people for student loan forgiveness. Whether they see the relief or not is going to depend on the Supreme Court's decision. And that could be coming next month. Right now, students are being told they don't have to pay their monthly student loan payments for federal loans. But other college students and grads not covered by Biden's executive order, well, they got to pay. The nine Supreme Court justices are going to hear oral arguments over Biden's policy February 28th. In August, Biden announced that he'd forgive at least $10,000 and maybe up to $20,000 in federal student loan debt for tens of millions of borrowers. What a guy. 26 million people have applied for Biden's giveaway program. But there are six Republican lawsuits that are headed for the Supreme Court that says he can't do that. Biden in August said he will also extend the payment pause on most federal loans one final time through December the 31st, 2022. Now, did he actually extend it again? I don't really know. Some observers feel the entire Biden student loan giveaway stunt that doesn't apply to 55% of those who are not eligible, was only meant to help Democrats win the November elections. And it appears it just may have helped them do just that and win some really tight races. My source for the story, CNBC.com. Did you know that Jesse Lamonier? A former outside linebacker for the Detroit Lions has passed away. The team announced it last week. This guy was just 25 years old. Details surrounding Lamonier's death are not yet known, and I've been looking for them. The Lions broke the sad news with a statement. They're saying they're shocked and saddened by Lamonier's death. Seems that Jesse was a model teammate and a wonderful young man who's gone far too soon. At 25, I'll say so. He was scheduled to resume playing football with the UFSL's Birmingham Stallions this spring. Obviously, that's not going to happen. And my source for this story was TMZ via the Citizen Free Press. Now, I came across something that I wanted to share with you uh, here on the Upfront program this morning. And it's, how you doing? It's called, uh, Did You Know the 12 Dirtiest Cities in America? <laughs> I said, well, I wanted to know who the 12 dirtiest cities in America are. And in order to uh, come up with this list of the 12 dirtiest cities, and I know you're dying to hear the results of this study, uh, what did they use as a scoring system? Well, the, they came up with pollution being one of the uh, things in the matrix. 
Two, living conditions. Number three was infrastructure. And um, I think they had another one, uh, but I, I kind of forgot what it was. We're going to look around for my paperwork here. It's all over the place this morning. In any event, um, let's just say that uh, we're going to give you the list. Uh, the number one dirtiest city in America, according to this survey, was Houston, Texas. I've been there. <laughs> FEMA sent me there for a couple of disasters in that area. Um, I didn't particularly realize it was that dirty a city because all I did was drive through it. But anyway, the overall score was 56. Number two was Newark, New Jersey. Oh, 55.25 was Newark. Number three, you ever been to San Bernardino, California? Number four, how about Detroit, Michigan? You ever been there? Uh, wow. I've seen pictures of Detroit. Um, when I worked for FEMA, uh, some people were given orders to relocate from my office in Minneapolis to Detroit. And they actually refused to go because they had been there before. And they told me, Richard, you do not want to go to Detroit. Number five on the list was Jersey City, New Jersey. And this is kind of a surprise because I've been to Bakersfield, California. But frankly, all I did was visit a friend who lives there. And then I went to a restaurant with him. And then I went running um Along the concrete corridors I told you about, I think on a previous program. And I found that to be very interesting. Uh, but frankly, I can't tell you yes or no as to whether Bakersfield, California deserves to be on this list of the 12 dirtiest cities in the United States. Number seven, San Antonio, Texas. Been there also. Number eight, Fresno, California. Number nine, I spent a lot of time in Oklahoma City. Several disasters sent me there. And all I did in Oklahoma City was run along the, there was a, uh, a nice running path along one of the rivers that went through the city. But uh, again, never went to downtown Oklahoma City. So I don't know how true this is. Maybe you do. Number 10 is Yonkers, New York. Do you think that Yonkers, New York, deserves to be on this list of the top 10 dirtiest cities in America? Number 11, Shreveport, Louisiana. Been to Louisiana a few times, but never specifically to Shreveport. And guess what number 12 on this list of the, 10, the 12 dirtiest cities in America? New York City. The Big Apple. Uh-huh. Not a surprise to you? <laughs> well, I haven't been there in 20 years, so I don't know. But this is a very recent report. By the way, did you know the number one city in America with mice or household rats? And the problem was number one in the city of Boston. Massachusetts, followed by Philadelphia, number two, Baltimore, number three, and Minneapolis, St. Paul, number four. And you know what? This same site where I got all this information from, which is called LawnStarter.com, also listed Providence being credited as the fourth Best in the nation, having the least number of rodents to contend with. I bet you didn't know that. Number four, best in the nation on having the least number of rodents to contend with. How about that? So Providence gets some positive press. For a change. 
<laughs> what did you think of that? Wanted to tell you about the Bargain Fair. Bargain Fair, by the way, is run by my friend George Fontaine. He operates on Saturdays and Sundays only. No admission. Free parking as well. And I go there uh, occasionally, not every week, but uh, when I have a chance and I stop by and see what he's got, and I find very much that uh, there's a lot of things going on that um, I... Uh, uh, well, I'm kind of interested in buying a lot of things that we had quite a bit of use for here in the radio station. Hey, think of it. Donald Trump faced the most hostility and subterfuge from within his administration. Wasn't it terrible that uh, he inherited people? And I saw this happen time and time again when I was with FEMA. The people who were left over from previous administrations were deeply embedded in the federal government because of, uh, well, the rules and regulations that, frankly, I took advantage of. You know, after 20 years uh, that I worked for the state of Rhode Island, uh, I got a certificate that basically said I was there for the rest of my life if I wanted to be there. And uh, let me tell you, because of that, you find a lot of people working for the government who... Basically, you just can't be let go no matter what they do. We used to have a saying in my office, you'd have to kill the governor in front of his state trooper. And you may not get dismissed anyway because of the 20-year certificate that you hold. Well, I don't know. I, I hope that you've learned something by tuning into the Upfront program this morning. I know I worked hard to put it together for you. And I hope very much that you appreciate the effort. By the way, I bought a pair of yellow sunglasses yesterday because I spend at least 10 hours in front of my computer putting this one-hour program together. And I understand, I don't know if it's true or not, that if you wear these yellow-tinted sunglasses, it somehow um, cuts down the blue rays, which they say may be harmful to your eyes. So this morning, for the first time uh, in I don't know how many years I've been sitting in front of computer screens, I wore my yellow sunglasses. So is that something that concerned you? I don't know if it concerns you or not, but I had to give it a try because I, I spend so much time in front of the computer, I was trying to protect myself. See you next week. This has been WNRI's Upfront, presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380, WNRI Woonsocket.